Welcome in to the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DPC. We've got another great podcast for you because, A, we've got your AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Angelo Blackson. You saw him block a field goal last week at Tennessee. And then we've got Tampa Bay on the horizon. So we got Casey Phillips, Tampa Bay Bucks reporter, team reporter. She's talking about Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians and how that team got things turned around from two and six to win the last four straight. And now they're seven and seven on the year. A little too late for the playoffs for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but a lot of uh, bright spots in their future. And they're red hot right now. So the Texans have their hands full with with facing Jameis Winston and company on Saturday. But first, Texans fans, the coverage of Xfinity X-Fight can't be beat. You can stream your team all season long on every in-home device, no matter where you watch. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is X-Fight. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, proud partner of this podcast. Because you know what? I know people are traveling. It's the holidays. So get your X-Fight on and take a listen to this podcast everywhere you go. All right, let's talk about Angelo Blackson, shall we? He gets a blocked field goal against Tennessee. Tennessee, the team that drafted him, uh, oh, five years back, 100th pick overall, fourth round. He returns to Nissan Stadium, blocks a field goal, because that's something that he did not once, but twice before during his time at Auburn. And I talked to him about his time there. I talked about a really big Auburn versus Alabama play, which many of you remember from 2013. He was on the field for that as well. And Angela Blackson has done a really nice job from what his role was maybe expected to be when he got here with the Texans to what it is now, which is a starter every single week on that D-line. He's had quite a path to the NFL, but just such a great guy to catch up with because I've actually never had a one-on-one with him, and I'd been wanting to, especially after he blocked that field goal. We thought, we got to make this happen, and then he was named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So it just all lined up accordingly, and here we go. We're talking with Angelo Blackson right here on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Angelo, I don't know if you know this, but every time I see you, I call you Papa Low in my head because DJ Reader said that's your nickname. Is that still your nickname? That is, that is my nickname. Okay. That he is. said it's because you've got kids and you're like the dad of the group, although he's a dad now too. So. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just a lot, it's just a <laughs> lot of, it's a lot of, you know, I don't really like to do too much, so it's. I'm a homebody, as I said. That's ex- that's exactly what he said. That's you what like it to comes just, down to. You got you got your kids, and you want to stay home, and you got it's work home. to be done at yeah. home. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Year five for you. You're part of the Lunch Pill Crew, so I know I, your name always pops up when the Lunch Pill Crew is talking about mm-hmm. the things they do. How much do you enjoy being a part of this D line? Because you guys are all very different, but I think on the field you guys are really into just bringing your lunch pail to work grinding, working hard, and not getting a lot of recognition yeah. for everything that you do on the field. And that's all That's all that it was to symbolize is, is just the work, you know, uh, ethnic b- between us as um, a D-line, as a, as a team, as a, you know, as an organization. And that's, that's what the attitude that we wanted to bring, you know, just whatever the circumstance is, we, we come into work no matter, no matter the weather, the weather, no matter, you know, what happens. We just, we gonna work. And that's, that's we, we've kind of taken that and, and made it a thing yeah, yeah I like I like the shirts too I'm still waiting for mine uh, but you made a play that was not a very LPC play this last week the blocked field goal at Tennessee pretty flashy play earned you AFP special teams player of the week congratulations thank on you, that first you, of all you, um, all right so when a play like that happens because you've actually blocked some kicks mm-hmm. during your time at Auburn yep. and I'll get into that in yep, a second yep. when when you're blocking a kick is it something that you can sort of feel like I think I'm gonna get a hand on this ball or are you just as surprised as the rest of us when the play happens? It's it's, it's pretty surprising. I don't think <laughs> you can, I don't I don't think you know when it's coming. It's just kind of one of them things where 
you 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 go hard on the play and you know it, it's a lot of things that have to shake out for right. you to actually get a block it, the kick has to be low miss time and you have to get pushed and get your hands up so it's just one of them things where every time we you know get out there we're, we're, we're effort and you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's this one. That's the kind of mentality we have. Was it even cooler because it was at Tennessee? That's the team that drafted you. Definitely, definitely. Definitely meant a lot. It meant a lot. All right, so in Auburn, you blocked a couple of field mm -hmm. goals as well. So is that something that when you came into the league, you were like, I, I'm going to block a field goal at some point? Or, I mean, or is that just such a – is that – I mean, it just seems like such an unusual play. But this is something you've done now three times, right? Three? Just, three just times. The, just the mindset of, of, like, not taking this play off because it, it actually matters, you know, to be able to t keep points off the board and to be able to, you know, whatever, like, could have been returned for, for points for us. So it's just one of those things where you just give effort on the play each and every time, and if it shakes your way, you know, it, it's, it's a good it's a good feeling. You've been on a part of some pretty special plays at Auburn. You were on the field. I remember watching this on TV, the kick six yeah. play against yeah, Alabama. Yeah. So does that rank up there with probably one of your best definitely, moments? Definitely, definitely. Just just being able to, you know, provide the team with some juice and, and keep points off the board, definitely, definitely. That's that's one of the things that you can't you can't make up for. All right, AJ McCarron's here this year. Have you talked to him about that? He was he was on the other side of the yeah, he it, didn't have the same reaction to that play, but have you talked yeah, to him about talk, it? We talked about it. And I the first thing I asked him, I said, you know, how many teams you've been on where you've actually been you know, with the Auburn player that, that won that game. He was like, not many. So I, was, <laughs> I said, so that's the first thing I said. Well, I am. I, I'm, I'm here. So. All right. So after your big play on Sunday, who, who called you first? Who, who, um, who was picking up the phone, calling you up, saying, I just saw that crazy play? Um, well, definitely, definitely, um, you know, my sisters and family, you know, they're, they're, they're some of the people that, that reach out first. And, but it's, it's a ton of phone calls. It's a ton of um, – messages so I mean they all come through you kind of see them and respond and you know yeah, because you're, you're on the field every single game I mean you've been on the field you've started yeah. every single game this year you got here in 2017 but it was a little bit later in the year there were a lot of injuries going mm -hmm. on but you've really sort of worked your way up to a starting role mm -hmm. um, so that's got to be pretty cool for you because when you got here did you sort of expect that this is where your career would go and then you signed the contract extension definitely, too. definitely I mean the mentality was just you know carve out your role on the team and 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 make sure that you're doing that role to the best of your ability and that's always what I base my you know my gameplay and my career off you know career off of is just being a dependable guy being able to make the players when I'm supposed to make them and help the team however way I can that's I, always been my goal. You mentioned your sister. I read this really cool story about your sister that she watches the press conferences and she gets really excited when Bill O'Brien talks about you or mentions yeah. you. And, and you have a really special relationship with your sister, Definitely. right? Definitely. She she Definitely. helped raise you. Yep. Is that yep. right? Yep. Raised me. Raised me from a, from six. So six on. She was there. So. So does she watch all of your? Does she come to? Has she been able to come to any she, of your she, games? She she she's actually moved down here. So we we've been able. That's to, so neat. We've been able to get um her to some games, and even when she was back home, she was able to get to some games. And that's all you can ask is, you know, a lot has to happen. You know, the schedules has to to match and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's just good to be able to have her and, you know, family down here actually being able to be with them and closer with them. So, so you grew up in Delaware, so yeah, from Delaware. Delaware to Texas, and now you've got your family here. What do they think about Texas? I mean, they love it. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing I told them. I said, you're going to love it. It's, 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 compared to Delaware, it's ginormous. It's, it's, it's gigantic. So <laughs> it's almost the opposite a, of Delaware, a, is it not? Yes, it's, it's, a different, <laughs> it's a different experience for someone who's coming from Delaware. 
to the South, but I was actually acclimated. You know, I went to Auburn and I spent time in Tennessee. So, but they they love it. They love it. So they love it. I I, I think it's really neat that you're able to have your family all with you and mm. celebrate these big moments for you. Your sister, you said she helped raise you. Yes. How cool is it now that she's down here and you can sort of, you know, get to spend time with her now? Now that you're successful and you're an NFL player in the league. It's it's awesome. It's awesome being able to um see you know see my family and being able to you know, provide for them and, and take care of them in the ways that I can because I know my family, everybody has sacrificed a lot for me to be here today. So it's just awesome to be able to, you know, give back to them and make sure they're, you know, enjoying the process and coming to games and being able to experience some of the things that I was able to experience. Is that where you think you get your work ethic from, the fact that so many people had to put so many things aside to sort of help you succeed and you feel like you don't want to let them down? Is definitely, that, is that definitely, where that comes from? Definitely. I mean, I just, that, that's all I, I work and, and I, I thank everybody who's able to help me get to this point. And I, you know, I always try to be, you know, helpful to, you know, my family and people who help me along this path. And, and I think that's, you know, that's bringing me joy to be able to be in a position to be able to do that for the people that help me. All right, you get drafted by the Titans in the fourth round. You spend a couple seasons there. Then you spend a little bit of time with the New England Patriots on the practice mm-hmm. squad, and then you get signed here to the Texans in 2017. Mm-hmm. At that point in your career, where, what are you thinking is going to happen with your NFL career? Did you feel like, I just got, I just need an opportunity to make a chance? Or at any point, did you feel sort of discouraged, like it's not really going the way maybe you had hoped or expected? No, because I, I actually – you know, just talking with my agent, he's, he, he was very confident in, in about what was going to happen. So at that point, you know, he said the ball is in your court. So once the ball is in my court, I know I can handle it, whatever that is. So, I, you know, the work ethic and um, being able to practice and go out there and, and disrupt practice and do, destroy, you know, offensive linemen and, 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 and that, that were starting, that, that, that was, it was confidence in that. And mm-hmm. I knew that all I had to do was just work extremely hard and you know that however it was going to shake out was however it was going to be but I know I did my best that's all I, I asked Romeo Cornell about this actually in a press conference I said uh, what what did you like when you when you guys brought Angelo here he said he liked your size mm-hmm. and you know how strong you mm-hmm. were but that you had really made a lot of your opportunities and so I asked him well what do you like about his game now and he said how how physical you are at the line of scrimmage and even if you're double team like you don't move from yeah. the line of scrimmage is that what something that you think is your biggest strength as a definitely, lineman? Definitely, definitely. Just being able to allow the linebackers or, or allow other people to make plays because I got two linemen that, that, that are on me right at that moment. I mean, you can't ask for anything different. Like, I, I may not be a part of the play, but I'm actually contributing. And, you know, we as a team, we know, but, you know, maybe it goes, you know, overshadowed, but that's fine. I mean, that, that's a part of my job, and I do it every day willingly, and I love it. So, How, how do you like being part of this D-line group? You've got DJ Reader, you got DJ Dunny, Brandon Dunn, you got JJ. You've got some cast of characters, and then you got Anthony Weaver, who used to play D-lineman as well. So is that, that's got to be one of the funnest group, position a great, groups, I think. Great group, a great group, and, and I, can't, I can't ask for a, a group any better than everybody. You know, their personalities and what they bring to the group makes the group what it is, and you know, we're, we're just basically, we're, we're just trying to take this thing and keep going. That's it for as long as we can. All right, I like it. All right, before I let you go, one final question. You used to play basketball, and I know a lot of your teammates have played basketball. So if you can have a starting five of your teammates, who would you who would you put on your team? My, that's, that's, that's tough. My starting five would have to be, I have to go with DJ. I have okay. to go with Deej. <laughs> um, J. Joe. Um, 
I'm gonna have to go with Fells because he he's a well, tall, yeah. tall basketball guy. And he played European basketball. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes for sure. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, there was a guy that played in college that you're missing at Clemson. Another Clemson guy, uh, Hopkins. D Hop. I, I oh, just, I, <laughs> I haven't seen Hop play. Oh, he's gonna be tryouts. I haven't <laughs> seen Hop play. Um, that's tough. That's tough. I'll go with Hop then. I'll go with Hop. I, know, I like I, that you, you, you're sticking with the, de- the defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, trying I'm to sticking stick, with this side I'm of the locker room. With, I'm trying to stick with the guys that I've actually The guys seen. you know, you know. Yes. Um, we'll make some room for Hopkins on the side there. Definitely, maybe. definitely. Yeah. That's, that's tough, though. That was, that was, that was tough. <laughs> Out of all the questions I ask you, that's the toughest. All that, right, that's well, tough right there. hopefully you we'll guys get to out. play a, a game of basketball soon, and we look forward to seeing the rest of the season definitely. and what it holds for you. Definitely. Thanks, Angelo. Thank you so much. Great stuff from Angelo Blackson. Can't wait to see what the future holds for him. He signed a contract extension this offseason, so we'll be seeing a lot more of him in the weeks to come. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've been pretty red hot with Jameis Winston. I mean, he's put up 450 yards in back-to-back weeks, and they lead the league in a number of offensive statistical categories. Offensive statistical categories, yes. Uh, with uh, Winston under center and Bruce Arians uh, head coaching that team. So we caught up with Casey Phillips, team reporter for the Bucks, and we asked her about this season. Take a listen right here on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. Casey, how's it going today? It's going great, especially coming off a four-game win streak. Everything is roses around here. I was going to say the Bucks are red hot, the win, the win streak, and then now it's a little bit of a strange short week. How are things around the building for you guys over there? Because it's not quite a Sunday game. It's not a Thursday night game, but the schedule's a bit condensed, is it not? Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit hectic. Um, you know, thankfully, we have a great group of guys in this locker room who love doing things in the community, which uh, they've done. They're doing about 1,000 holiday events this week, which is great. But then, of course, you do have the – uh, short week as well, and I know the coach. I think that was harder actually on the coaches than the players. Um, you know, they they when the players did practice on a day they would normally have off, it was more of a walkthrough, and and the coaches are doing a good job of trying to make sure that the guys' bodies are in good shape. But it was it was the coaches who really on Monday had a marathon day trying to get all of the game planning they would normally do on a Monday and Tuesday crammed into just one day. Yeah, let's talk about the coaches, particularly Bruce Arians. Year one with him, he starts off two and six. Now the Bucks are averaging 29.7 points per game. Their winning games are up to, to 500 now after winning the, quite a few games now here in this last stretch. Where can you really pinpoint the turnaround or a momentum shift that this team had this year? Yeah, you know, I think um, Jacksonville was a really big win for us because we were up big, which is a new thing that, you know, coaches talked about how he's, he's hated that we are the nicest team in the league, as he puts it, because we like to spot uh, teams, you know, 14 points to start a game and then have to claw our way back. So just showing that we could get up big and then it looked like the lead was going to slip away and then got it, you know, to, to hang on in there. And then it was the, the same story, um, you know, this last week where big lead looks like it's maybe slipping away. And, and it seems like it's this new attitude of we're going to find a way to win. Um, and that's the, it's almost like the winning is contagious mindset. And after struggling for a while, that wasn't the mindset the team had had. And, and suddenly, even, even the players were saying this last week, they were like, you know, if this exact game happened earlier this year or even years past, we might not have won it. But now there just seems to be this new infectious attitude of we are going to find a way to win this game. And then, of course, it's it, when you have a new scheme on both sides of the ball, when you have an entirely new coaching staff and you have so many rookies having to contribute in really big ways, we all knew it was going to take a little bit of time 
for things to really click. And somehow it just feels like offensively and defensively, the schemes and everybody buying in and really knowing their roles and jobs and duties all kind of clicked right around the same time. And unfortunately, it was just a hair too late uh, to be in playoff contention because, you know, we, we were eliminated even on a week that we won a game just because of what happened around the NFC. But it does feel like finally they all have clicked and understand their roles. It's really tremendous to see Jameis Winston in year five putting up the numbers that he's put up over 450 yards passing in back-to-back weeks. He leads the NFL in passing yards per game. What do you think has been the difference for him this year, and, and how much has Arians really adapted his style of, of offense to suit Winston? Well, yeah, I mean, this this really was a match made in heaven in so many ways. There's a reason that Bruce Arians said that a big part of why he took this job was the fact that Jameis Winston was here, that he knew that Jameis was a quarterback that would fit well in his system. He likes to throw the ball downfield and really – James, we've seen a, a big improvement on his deep ball that, you know, we, we all heard how last year he and Deshaun Jackson sort of struggled to get on the same page there. And um, in this last week's game, there was a point in the game when every passing play was averaging something like 18 yards that just some of these bigger downfield plays. And you have guys like Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman that are speed, deep threats for sure. Now, of course, Unfortunately, Scotty Miller's been placed on IR, but um, you've had some really speedy guys out there that can stretch the field, and that really you know, has then opened up things for later on this year, like for our, our multiple tight ends that we have that can be pass catchers with O.J. Howard and Cam Brate. So, um, and then you've, when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who now have both made the Pro Bowl first time, two wide receivers from the same team have made it on the initial ballot in a long time, it kind of makes you just go look at these defenses trying to cover all that and say, how in the world do you even go about it? So in any given day when a team would double Mike Evans and Chris would have a big day or you'd somehow be able to shut both of them down. And then, you know, Brashad Perriman has a huge day as well. So it just felt like there were, James did a great job of just going to whoever was open and available, not forcing things. And there are so many offensive weapons he's had that the last couple of games, we've had nine players at least catch a pass from him. Uh, so there's just weapons all over the place. And he's done a great job of just going to whoever was open and not forcing things. It's really tremendous because I remember seeing Mike Evans at his pro day here at Texas A&M uh, back in 2014. And to lose a guy like that for a few games and then to still be able to step up and find your receivers. Is it is it is there something about Mike Evans that either other a number of guys can sort of step up and take his place? Or how is it that you have a group of receivers that really step up to take a place of a guy that is so talented? He was you know, a first round draft pick and, and just really the a stellar wide receiver, maybe among the best in the league. Yeah, um, I, I don't think any of them would say that they take his place. I think they all know that Mike is such a unique guy, that he is huge, big body, tough for a, a corner to guard, but he's still fast and, and can get downfield. He's just an athletic specimen, and I think a lot of the guys in that locker room would say, yeah, we're not going to take his place, but we're going to have to step up and, and do more. Um, so, you know, losing him, you, you, you can't replace that. It is a very um, difficult thing, but that's what was so incredible to just see that not only did you have guys who could make big plays, but they were talking about how these wide receivers ended up playing in different spots than they ever had before, that because you had so many guys get hurt that Mike goes down, then Chris goes down, and Scotty goes down, that you have guys playing the X who normally play the Y and guys having to play the Z that are normally the X, and it was just all over the place. So the fact that something that Bruce Arians has really stressed with this offense is making sure that everyone knows everyone's jobs. And that's why that was even a possibility that they could throw even a Justin Watson, who before a couple weeks ago only had two catches for 18 yards in his whole career with us so far, was able to step in there, get a touchdown, get, you know, multiple catches these last couple games playing 
all the different wide receiver spots because they all were forced to learn that along the way and not just their job they normally have. You know, with Jameis Winston, it's sort of a strange year for him. He's sort of going to be at a crossroads at the end of the season. Do you get the sense that he's really done enough this year to improve, to sort of solidify his future in Tampa Bay? I know interceptions early on were a big thing for for him, but it seems like Arians also likes to take a lot of chances, like you said, down the field. So, you know, where do you foresee the future, I guess, if you could look into a crystal ball for for what what it may hold for Jameis Winston and and his future with Tampa Bay? Boy, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? That's That's been the story of this entire season down here in Tampa Bay is what was Jameis going to do and what's the team going to do with him. And I absolutely have no idea what their plans are going to be for him. They're, they're definitely playing that close to the vest. But you, you said it right that, you know, Bruce does take a lot of chances down the field. And there have been a lot of times that Bruce has come out in very uh, strong defense of Jameis that on games where he did have three or four interceptions maybe. And he would take everybody through each one of those and explain the ones that were on Jameis and the ones that weren't. And there was a point in time when I think Jameis had around 18 or 19 interceptions that coach said he felt like only 10 of those were actually on Jameis. And um, based on either wide receivers running the wrong route or, you know, just not making the catch and tipping it up where anybody could get it, things like that, sort of those fluky plays. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to really say how they're truly evaluating what he's done, but I know they don't believe that all those interceptions and mistakes are on him. And then he does have, like you said, these back-to-back games of 450-plus yards that, you know, first player in NFL history – to do that, it is really um, a challenging thing to look at as a whole and evaluate. But I know he has done a lot of really amazing things here at the end of this season that I'm sure are helping the case. But whether it's you know a franchise tag or a long-term deal or, or moving on, that, that's it. We really just don't know at this point. But he has done a lot this season that is really good, very impressive, kept the team in games, gotten them back into games when it otherwise looked impossible. And, and the guys definitely follow his leadership that – you know, I remember O.J. Howard saying recently that in a game when they were behind by a lot that, you know, he really said, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to come back. And, and they believe him. They said they, they believe in him and they follow him as a leader. So there's, there's a lot to be said for that. That defense is being run by Todd Bowles over there. You mentioned a lot of young guys um, on defense. But then there's also some wily veterans there, too, and Dominican Sue in his 10th season. So it's an interesting mix of vets and young players. But when you look at a guy like Sue in his 10th year, what makes him so effective this many years in the league? And, and what does he sort of bring to that locker room and, and to a younger group of players around him? Sue is such an interesting guy and an interesting player. It's been really cool having him here. I mean, he he's just such a um, diverse guy in terms of his interests and what he's like and he is just he really is the epitome of a veteran where he knows how to go about his business I think the other day he was saying how he, his bedtime and no joke is like seven forty-five or 8 at night that he goes to bed <laughs> then because he wants to make sure he's all well rested and gets up super early to to start you know working on his craft I mean he just takes his body and everything incredibly seriously takes and he'll be in there studying even when other guys aren't maybe and he he is someone that knows how to be a pro, and that is invaluable to have in a locker room. And, I mean, this is a guy who Warren Buffett is a uh, mentor of his. I mean, this he is just such a world traveler, entrepreneur, um, you know, renaissance kind of man almost. And I think that is just such a great influence on some of these younger guys to see uh, not only how to prepare yourself on the field, but just to prepare yourself for even life after football. He's been a, a great role model in, in a lot of ways. And um, I think having him, especially next to Vita Vea, uh, our you know first round draft pick from uh, last year was was really big for him to just have that 
as a not only role model, but someone to eat up some double teams and, and give Vita a break, give some of these other guys a break that I think Sue has been double teamed more than almost any other D lineman in the league. So he's just a, a massive body that can take up a lot of other people and give other guys on the line and the outside linebackers more of a chance. Man, what I wouldn't do to go to bed at 745 every night, I think I'd be a new person I know, if I could get right? to bed that early. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. All right, Casey, what are some of the storylines you're working on this week uh, on the Tampa Bay side? Uh, well, of course, the the wide receivers. I mean, that's that's and just pass catchers overall. Seeing how Jameis is going to be able to use some of these other weapons, our tight ends going to be stepping up because when you are now without, you know, Mike and and Chris and Scotty, I mean, it's just it's crazy to all of a sudden have such a rash of injuries at any at any one position that would be really challenging. But knowing that um, you guys are bringing in a lot of offensive weapons, that something Tampa has been good at is offensive shootouts, and that's. Before all these injuries, what I would have said this game would be is, is just a complete shootout, and I would have honestly thought, you know, we, we had a pretty good chance there the way we've been playing and, and putting up in, insane numbers and stats. But now it's going to maybe be either, okay, can these other pass catchers, you know, guys that weren't really getting reps at wide receiver earlier this year, guys that have been called up from the practice squad or tight ends, can they step up and, and be enough of threats to still have a shootout? Or are we going to have to ask a lot of these really young DBs to take on your trio of wide receivers, which is an incredibly tall order for anybody, much less a group that is a lot of, of rookies back there. So I think that it's going to be, if the defense can set the tone early and show that they can hang with the DeAndre Hopkins and then Will and Kenny and those guys, then um, that might relieve a lot of the pressure on some of these uh, new, still cutting their teeth wide receivers. So if, if we can make it a shootout, great. If our defense can try to hang with those guys, even better. And, and I think those are going to be the two main question marks going into this weekend. Yeah, and I think I was looking at the weather. It was calling for 70% chance of rain, so that might definitely uh, change plans for both offenses if, if that's the case. Yeah, something that we are unfortunately pretty used to here, especially with training camp and everything being uh, in the rainy season and in summer for us, so maybe that'll give us a little edge over you guys who like to play indoors. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm not going to complain about heading to Tampa Bay in December. There's a lot of worse places we could go, that's for that sure. Is, that is a great point. That 75 part is not something not, you get many other many other games at this time of the year. <laughs> not going to complain. It's warmer than it is in Houston right now. All right, Casey Phillips, team reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Casey, thank you so much for the time, and we'll see you out there in Florida. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Good stuff from Casey Phillips of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was talking to her a little bit about the weather in Tampa Bay. She said they usually have some sort of lightning delay, not this time of year, which I'm really hoping is not the case. But uh, they also have rain frequently there. So heavy downpours in South Florida. Hopefully that weather forecast clears up for Sunday's game because we'd love to see some uh, high-powered offensive scoring shootouts between both of these teams and by shootouts I mean the Texans of course heavy on the Texans offensive shootouts because if they win they clinch the AFC South and another division title and if they lose they're gonna have to see what happens with the Tennessee Titans game because Tennessee would have to lose if Tennessee wins and the Texans lose well things could still work out in their favor and they could secure playoff berth with Pittsburgh's game but you know what that's all for a later time but Let's just hope for a win here on Saturday. And I kind of like having the short week because that means you get the game over with even sooner. You don't have to wait as long to see the Texans play. And then, of course, back home for the regular season finale against Tennessee in Week 17, which is always, always a fun one. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast. You can check out HoustonTexans.com for all the stories and more. We've got a bunch of 
players named to the Pro Bowl. So I've got some stories up on HoustonTexans.com about that. We've got some videos. We've got the Texans pregame show, Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon. You can check that out on Facebook. Ask all your questions. Who's in? Who's out? Who's expected to play? Who's going to have a big game? John Harris and I will tackle all of your questions. That is coming up on Saturday. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Check out our website. Download the app, and you should be you should be good to go for the rest of the year. Happy holidays to everyone listening, and as always, go Texans.